I'll have what she's having. Welcome to another edition of Digital Confidence Podcast. Hi, it's Tony Dufresne, PhD. Welcome back to the show. If you're watching on the Surrounded by Idiots Radio Podcast uh, channel, then thank you for sticking with me over my uh, sabbatical that I've had over the last year and a half or so. If you're listening to me on the brand new revised She Talks Confidence channel, then welcome. Uh, This is the transition that I have been uh, working on making over the past year, year and a half or so. And I'm really excited to bring to you a interview show uh, with very strong women uh, that have dealt with confidence issues in the past or are currently dealing with them and have a really good story to tell and uh, some tips and tricks along the way to gain a greater sense of self, a greater sense of true confidence. This week, I am pleased to present Gia Lacqua. Gia is a widely regarded empowerment coach and speaker, and she's the author of Limitless Little Leaders Children's Books Series. She's a board member with Girl Scouts of Northern New Jersey. She is a girl mom, as I can totally relate to, and she is a big women's advocate. She brings 20 years of experience into the biopharmaceutical industry, and she turned that into a women's empowerment coaching program and client-based service. Gia is going to share a story about burnout, self-compassion, and self-care, leaning on true confidence to get you through the most difficult of times. Here's Gia. So about five years ago, I found myself lying on the kitchen floor thinking that I was having a heart attack. And I was too afraid to admit that even to myself. So in that moment, I was still focused on what I should be making for dinner for my kids. Really? And what and what, and what did you have for dinner? Do you remember? Um, I remember pulling out some chicken and thinking, okay. what am I going to do with this chicken tonight? In the, middle of, in the middle of a heart attack. Yeah, because I needed something to distract myself. Okay, I'm not laughing at the heart attack. Just for the record. Okay. Just the chicken. Right. Yeah, exactly. So thankfully it was not a heart attack. And what I was experiencing was a severe bout of burnout. I was having physical manifestations of stress and anxiety that were unmanaged. Did this, I was, did the, did, I'm sorry. Did it come up before that? Or was this one of those things where it kind of hit you out of the blue? I mean, was it like all building up inside or was there stuff that kind of leaked out prior to that? Yeah, I th- it's a great question. I think it was slowly building, but unfortunately, I did not heed the warning signs. And I think that is very common. I think we don't always make that mind-body connection. And I was having physical manifestations of stress, whether it's stomach ulcers, insomnia, migraines, Right. And I didn't necessarily recognize them as warning signs. And I think a lot of women and men don't. Right. And we sort of just pop a pill or, you know, push through it. Um, Weakened immune system was another big one for me. And what I recently came to realize is that I also have adrenal fatigue as a result of these years of stress on the body. Hmm. And so for me, it all hit home when I was on a plane. I used to travel monthly for work for my job. And I was on an airplane and I started having heart palpitations and I thought to myself, oh my goodness, this, this is, this might be it. (laughs) And I was on an airplane to California and, um, 
you know, there wasn't much I could do in 30,000 feet in the air. And so it continued when I came home and I thought, you know, maybe it was just something temporary. Um, and then I realized I was still experiencing the heart palpitations. And the next day I went to the doctor. I was going to say, so even with the palpitations, you came home and you had to do other stuff, right? You had to be a mom. Yeah, you, you, you had to get chicken out for dinner. Right. Absolutely. I had to go to California, do what I was there to do for work first. And then I had to get back on a plane to go home and figure out what I was going to make for dinner for my family. And then I could go to the doctor. Yeah, of course, because (laughs) you have to put yourself 31st or 32nd on the list. Exactly. Exactly. And that that was the problem. Right. So I had put everyone else's needs before my own. Everyone um, came before me. And, you know, there's a difference between service and sacrifice. And I had to learn that the hard way. I was really sacrificing myself. Um, and, and some of it, obviously, I did out of love. Um, and some of it was out of a passion for wanting to do a great job. But some of it was was really to my own detriment. And so I learned that the hard way. As a mom and as a loving mom and as a human being, as a compassionate human being and an empathetic human being, because you did talk about that as one of your superpowers is, is your, your level of yes. empathy that you have. That tends to, I know that tends to draw a lot of energy, but that's not a bad thing, right? In, in terms of that, but it's, but it's when you don't know how to self-regulate, right? right? Is that, and you get to that point where you find yourself on empty and you don't have anything left for yourself. Is that what I'm, is that kind of where things were going? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a great way to put it. I think, you know, recognizing that we have the need to care for ourselves and that's just as important as caring for our children, right? Because if we're not taking care of ourselves, we can't show up and be the best mom, right? Or the best employee or the best leader or entrepreneur if we are not feeling good mentally and physically. And so, you know, I think, I think similar to how I had suppressed some of those physical warning signs, it's almost like we ignore or neglect our own needs, right? Because we Mm -hmm. think we can do it all. And yeah. we've been told we can do it all. And yeah. actually, one of the pillars in my methodology is what I call superwoman syndrome. And a lot of people look at that and say, yeah, she's superwoman. Like, that's a good thing. And I've learned that it's actually not, right? Trying to be everything to everyone is impossible. Mm-hmm. And it takes a toll on you. And mm-hmm. so what we need to do is reset expectations. We need to reset expectations for ourselves, for other people, set those boundaries that we need and make the time for self-care and like use it self-regulation. hundred percent. And boy, how hard is that though? I mean, I, you, you deal with clients and I deal with clients. And the thing is yeah. that they almost resist that because they feel as though it's their job and it's their responsibility. I, I felt it too, because I, I was a single dad. I, I'm a girl dad. I raised my daughter on my own. Uh, and I know that you, I think you, you're a girl mom too, right? So we need to step up and we need to do those things because it's, it's, it's not only an expectation that we feel as though <laughs> that society has on us to do that. It's an expectation that we have on ourselves as well. So that's like a double hit. You know, a lot of times you'll have, you'll have somebody talking from the outside and saying stuff and it's contradicting to what, how you feel about what you should do. Uh, or, you know, the the opposite. But if you have both inside and outside voices saying you need to step up and you need to do this and and then you find yourself on empty after that, you can't show up. And for me, that was one of the hardest lessons I ever learned was was the fact that I do need to have a level of self-care in being a parent at that time. Mm-hmm. So in that when you went back and you went to the doctors, did you did they was that a wake up call or when did the wake up call happen after that? That was the wake up call for me, Tony. It's a, it's, it was a very powerful moment and a moment I won't forget. I was sitting in the doctor's office and I 
literally couldn't even get the words out of my mouth because I was so scared to say them out loud, sort of how I was denying the fact that I thought I was having a heart attack. So I put my hands on my chest and I just started crying. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't even verbalize what was happening at first. <laughs> Almost a release, right? Just a total release. It was. It was incredible. And so, you know, when I was able to finally articulate what was happening, um, obviously I had a battery of tests to make sure that my heart was working properly. And thankfully, um, you know, after a couple of EKGs, stress tests, a heart monitor later, we found out that my heart was fine physically. Right. And then it was just the, the physical manifestations of stress that I was experiencing and still very uncomfortable, still very scary. Um, but I was thankful it was nothing more serious, but it did make me realize that this could be something more serious, right? Mm -hmm. If I don't learn to take care of myself and I don't make some really significant life changes. And this comes, this comes to the part that I found most of my clients have the hardest time. The wake up call is usually, well, something obviously that hits them over the head, right? So that's, that all, you know, that's going to happen. It's right after the wake up call, the question of what can I do or what should I do? Mm Mm-hmm. Right to create and, and what have you found in terms of you working with your clients and your and yourself in your own story? What steps did you do and did you take right after that to start to create those boundaries that are going to work for you? Yeah, so it was a lot of inner work. I decided to take some time to myself to really reflect on where I was in my life, what I wanted out of my life, right? What I needed to change. Um, And that took a lot of inner work. It took a lot of deep digging. And I, uh, for the past couple of years, have been working with an amazing coach who's helped me um, personally transform, really help to identify what it is that I need and I want um, and help me really get there. And so I left my corporate job. I started my own coaching and consulting business, Mm. um, which was a big shift because I had wanted to do that for many years, but I was too afraid to do it. And I think a lot of people are, even if it's not starting your own business, I think a lot of people are afraid to switch careers, switch jobs, switch companies, right? Because of fear of what's on the other side and that unknown. And there's so many what ifs, right? And so a lot of people are afraid to take that step. And and your job is such a huge part of your identity, Mm -hmm. right? So that was a Mm -hmm. big, big shift for me in terms of the identity work I had to do. Um, You know, I did a lot of work around recognizing and identifying my core values, my priorities, and recognizing that I can't have a thousand priorities, right? I can't show up 10% for 100 people. I need to show up, you know, 100% for 10 people. Mm -hmm. And so that was a really powerful shift in in my mindset Um, and recognizing that I do need to make time for self-care physically and mentally and figuring out what works for me and what I needed because it's different for everybody and I'm still figuring it out. It's still, it's still a work in progress. Right. And I think that's an important part too, is recognizing that this is a continuous process that we're all learning, growing and evolving. Um, especially in the dynamic world we live in today. Oh my God. And that's huge. And and for women, and that's why I love working with you guys. And, uh, and I, I, to be honest with you, I, I learned, I think everything I know from raising my daughter and Mm -hmm. being being around my sisters, my mom are very strong women, but you guys just don't give yourself a break. And, um, and it's almost like a double whammy because you get into a situation where I now where you're drawing new boundaries and you talked about work and doing something on the other side and maybe a side gig or something that is more of a passion project. Uh, you deal with the guilt of, uh, taking that time and that effort away from, you know, raising your child, uh, or doing the things that you had expectations that you needed to do before, 
as well as the fear of doing something different. So it's like a, it's like a double hit, but that goes, I think that goes into the confidence aspect. And you know, that that's, that's my main, my main gig is, is focusing on the, that inner true confidence that, that creates that level of certainty and surety and, uh, and the willingness to just ground yourself in who you are and to move forward step-by-step unapologetic in regards to really who you are. How does, how did all of that impact your confidence level or what did you deal with during that process as you were uh, expanding out of where you were? Yeah. So I think a lot of it was wrapped up in my identity. And I think for a lot of us, we, we have these layers of conditioning that mm-hmm. we've accepted and we don't realize it, right? We do it unknowingly. They become unconscious limiting beliefs that then guide our emotions and our decisions and our behavior unconsciously. And most of us don't stop to really reflect on that. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate. And I think that's one of the many beautiful things that you can, you know, work that the types of work you can do with a with a great coach is to help uncover what are those mindsets that are holding you back? What uh, identity are you holding on to that is causing you to act and behave in a certain way? And oftentimes what we're doing is, as you know, is Mm self-sabotaging, right? And I see it all the time with my clients who are high-powered women. They are high achievers who are overwhelmed and unfulfilled. And what I do is help them reclaim their life because they've lost it. They've lost who they are right? Because they're so busy fulfilling expectations of other people. And they're smart, they're ambitious, they're loving, but there's something missing there, right? And it's because they're not caring for themselves. And so the analogy I use I, I use in my work, and stick with me for a minute, because this is going to sound weird, it's an artichoke, right? An artichoke is really good, but it's a lot of work. <laughs> so it's the same process in coaching is we have actually. to peel we so have true. to peel back the layers, right? We have yeah. our choke has many layers. And as as people and particularly women, we develop these layers that are prickly and hard that protect the heart of who we are. And there's very few people that actually get to see that heart. Right. And so it's how do we peel back those layers of conditioning? And in my methodology, one of my layers is what I call the worth wound. And it's because underneath it all, we're valuing our worth based on those external achievements and Mm -hmm. the opinions of others. Right. Mm -hmm. It's the external validation because that internal worth wound tells us that, you know, we're not good enough. So what drives us is this fear that. I'm not smart enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not tall enough. I'm not fit enough. I'm not pretty enough. Right. And as a girl dad, I know you can relate to that. 110%. Right. So it's how do we block out those external voices and really focus on the internal self-worth, which is the authentic confidence, right? It's not fake it till you make it. It's knowing who you are and embracing your authenticity, your vulnerability, and really accepting who you are, good, the good and the bad, right? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I call it warts and all, but yeah, it's the, yeah, yeah. It's the same thing. The, the, the most fascinating thing that I found with successful women, and the more successful, the more I see it, is that every single success that they have, they move the carrot. 
Yes. So it's 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 a never ending struggle, a never ending battle. There's always something else. There's no there's almost no sense of like real deep satisfaction with any accomplishment. Because they keep moving the carrot on themselves because they have this expectation that, okay, I can do this. I can do more. And that is actually, it's almost, you know, it's crazy because the more successful that they are uh, in being a parent or being in business, that the, the harder it is for them to get out of that spiral. So when you work with clients and you see these things and you talk to them about the the negative beliefs and and all of those automatic beliefs that have, that have happened and the fact that they're that most of their life they're working on and they're defining their life by exterior validation mm-hmm. do you find that they take that to heed what are the things that you find that you come up against or the or a lot of your clients come up against because to me with my client base that's like the biggest hit over the head that because most people, because it's subconscious, most women don't realize that that is the one that's the one that's running the film in their head. Absolutely. They don't even realize that the film in the head, it, that that's what it is. Yet you get them to do some introspection and then that happens. What tools and techniques have you found impactful and effective you know, as I mentioned, the, the women I work with are high achieving. They are on the outside. People would define them as the epitome of success, right? They've checked all the boxes of life, right? They, they're they successful in their career. They have a family. They, you know, nice clothes, nice house, cars, but there's something missing. They're mm-hmm. unfulfilled, right, on the inside because they are not fulfilling their own inner needs, desires, purpose, passion, and potential. And they're not focused on themselves. And so the work that I do with my clients is really helping them to identify, um, going back to, again, their core values and looking at their identity, how they view themselves. And I do this work even with um, men. I do work with some, some male clients and it's similar, although different, um, you know, in, in that you are very wrapped up in who you think you are. And in the work, <laughs> in, right? In the worth wound, I really so talk about it's not who you are that's holding you back. It's who you were told you are. Yeah. Right. And you make yeah. that part of your identity. Right. Mm-hmm. So as a child, you might have been told you're the rebellious one or you're the messy one. Right. So what if you're not bossy? What if you just are a natural leader? What mm-hmm. if you're not? too sensitive, maybe you're an empath, right? Mm. What if you're not too opinionated? Maybe you're just a passionate person. And maybe you're not too much. Some of us are told we're too much. Maybe mm-hmm. you're just a thought leader, right? And so it's it's helping people reframe how they view themselves and what is intrinsic, right? In terms of their identity and self-worth versus what they have absorbed externally. And those are the layers of the artichoke I help them to peel back and the mm-hmm. tools that we use. It's really about identifying what's important to you. What are your priorities? And if something doesn't align to those priorities, we have to learn to say no. And that's where the boundaries come in. Wow. Learning to say no. How hard is that for some people? So hard. Right? Well, thanks, Jim. I, I appreciate it. Thank you, Tony. I appreciate you having me. It was such a pleasure to to be on the podcast. And I want to thank you for the work that you're doing because it's so critical, not just to women, but society at large. I appreciate it. And same to you. Thank you. I'd like to thank Gia for being on the show this week. Remember, if uh, you have any comments, questions, or concerns, you can always uh, hit me up 
uh, in the comment section, either on the YouTube or on the podcast. If you would like to get a hold of Gia, I also have her information in the show notes. Uh, be safe, be well, and I will talk to you next week. Bye.